0: And I love kids. I was with my son, Benny, the other day. We were going to get coffee. He wasn't drinking the coffee, I was, but he was with me and we get in the coffee shop and he just stops and he's staring at this little girl and he's just like staring at her. And I go, Benny, why are you staring at that little girl? He goes, we're gonna get one of those pretty soon. And I was like, yeah, we are, we are. Mom, mommy's pregnant with the girl. He's like, we're gonna get one of them pretty soon. <laughs> so funny. Kids are awesome, you know? Hey, I wanna preach a message to you today on this Mother's Day weekend called God's Not Finished. God's Not Finished. Everybody say, God's not finished. He is not finished working in you. He's not finished working for you. He's not finished on your story. He's not finished on your marriage. He's not finished on your kids. He's not finished in your business. He's not finished with your dreams. He's not finished in your relationships. God's not finished yet. If you're still breathing, He's still working. He's up to something. And if you haven't seen the breakthrough yet, God's not finished. Turn to someone next to you and say, God's not finished. finished. Come on. Well, we are in our victory confession series. It's called Best Days. And this confession was written during a time in my life where I felt like God was finished. I was discouraged, I was defeated, I was depressed. This was about six years ago. Our church was walking through a real test, a storm. My father had passed. And I remember parking outside of our church, just feeling overwhelmed with so much just, um, just discouragement. I was overwhelmed with discouragement. And I was literally saying, God's done. He's done with me. He's done with my family. He's done with our church. And my words were shaping my attitude. Here at Victory, we realize that our words have power, that you can't live a victorious life with a defeated mouth. You can't live a positive life with a negative mouth. You've got to change your speaking. And in order to change your speaking, you've got to change your thinking. And so God interrupted me in the middle of my pity party and said, Change your confession. And I remember that day I was in my car and I began to write on a napkin a confession that now we say every week I said, I'm here on purpose. I didn't feel like I was here on purpose because I have a purpose. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. And then I said, my heart is open. My heart felt closed. My heart felt just walled up with depression, with insecurities, with fears. I didn't trust anybody. I was suspicious about everybody. My heart was broken. I felt betrayed. And yet God was saying, no, confess over your heart that your heart is open that you're opening your heart again for God to work, that your mind is ready to receive because God's not finished with you yet. I wrote on that napkin, God's not finished with the Doherty family yet. God's not finished with Victory yet. God's not finished with Victory Christian School, with Victory College, with the Tulsa Dream Center. I felt like it was all over, but God was telling me, I'm not finished with you yet. And that's the message I wanna preach to you today. If you have a Bible, go to Philippians 1, verse six. Yes, yes. Paul, the apostle wrote this scripture in the latter part of his life. He was a guy who just believed God was always going to keep working on him, that God was always up to something, that even when he felt like he was down to nothing, God was up to something. And he wrote this, I am confident. I am confident that he who started this good work in you, in me, will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. I want you to get your confidence back today. Some of you, you've lost your confidence because life kicked you hard and you weren't ready for it. And you felt overwhelmed by whatever it is that life threw at you. God's whispering in your ear today, the story is still being written. I'm not finished with you yet. This is not the final scene. Things are gonna turn around. The breakthrough is on the way. In Genesis 11, verse 31, Abram had a father named Terah. Now, if you know Abram and you're a Christian, you know that Abram became Abraham. And we wrote a song about him. We sang it as kids. Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them. So let's just praise the Lord. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we won't sing the rest of it. Father Abraham went on to become this amazing giant general of the faith who had all these amazing children and he he took uh, the the land that God had given him in Canaan that became Israel. But you know, Abram's father was actually supposed to take that land. His dad was destined to be what Abram became. His dad was on the way. It says in verse 31, so Terah, the father of Abraham, um, took his family and they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. This was the promised land. They were setting out to go to the promised land. So they're walking. God's got a plan for us. God's got a plan for my family. God's got a plan for my kids. God's got a plan for my marriage. And then it says, when they came to Haran, they stopped and they settled there. And the next verse is so sad. It says, so Abram's father died in Haran. His father died in a settled place. His father stopped somewhere. Some of you have declared over your life that you're stuck. You're not stuck. You just stopped. Wow. No, no, no. You're not stuck. You're not stuck in that addiction. You're not stuck. Your marriage is not stuck. God's not finished with you. Why did Abram's father stop? We don't know, but something caused him to stop somewhere and go, "This is it. This is as good as it gets." This is as good as it gets for my family. This is as good as it gets for my health. The doctor said this, I'm accepting this. So this is how it's gonna be. I'm stuck with this bad attitude. I'm stuck with this addiction. Our marriage is stuck like this. No, 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 it's not stuck. I'm here to tell you today that God's not finished with you yet. But until you believe it, you will never step into it. Because your internal condition determines your external capacity. You've got to get it inside of here, right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. This is why we say at Victory every week, my heart is open, my mind is ready to receive. Because if you don't get your heart ready for what God wants for you, you can hear the greatest message in the world, but not even receive it. You could have the greatest opportunities in front of you and not even accept them because you disqualify yourself because of your own small thinking. This is why Tara stopped Something made him feel like I'm not good enough to keep going. I'm not good enough to raise these kids. I'm not good enough to see a breakthrough in that area in my life. I'm not good enough to go into the promised land. This is where it stops for me. I was on a hike with my two oldest sons, Liam and Benny, a couple weeks ago. We were going through the woods and um, all of a sudden, Benny starts screaming and crying. Daddy, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. And I turn around and he says, you're leaving me. He just collapses to his knees. He goes, you're leaving me, you're leaving me, I'm stuck. And I go, no, 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 I'm not leaving you. I was like 10 feet away from him and Liam's standing there you know, like this, big brother. I go, Benny, you're not stuck, don't say you're stuck. I am stuck, I said, no, 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 we don't say we're stuck, we're not stuck. I'm trying to teach them to, to get it in their mind, we're not stuck and Benny's like, no, no, I am stuck, dad, pastor dad. I'm stuck, you know? And so I come over there to him and I look at his situation. I look at the landscape. I said, Benny, stand up. He goes, no, I want you to carry me. I said, no, I want to teach you something. Now stand up. And he was like, oh. You know, I'm trying to help him with his attitude. He stands up. I said, turn this way. You can't say left and right to a three-year-old. They don't know what that means. So I said, turn this way. So he turns this way. I said, now take two steps. And he looks at me and I said, now take two steps this way. I said, now just climb up one step, he climbs up, and he looks around, and he goes, I'm not stuck anymore. Daddy, I'm not stuck anymore, I'm not stuck, I got out of it, I got out of it. I said, you did, you did. He was never stuck, he just stopped, because the way wasn't what he was expecting it to be. It was harder than he thought it was gonna be. He got stumped by something he wasn't ready for. Some of us have stopped in a season in our life and we feel stuck and God's saying, I know you thought marriage was gonna look different. I know you thought raising kids was gonna look different. I know you thought leading a ministry or a business was supposed to be a certain way. But I'm telling you right now, you're not stuck. You just stopped. You've gotta, you've gotta realize that God knows how to make a way where there seems to be no way. He said in the book of Isaiah, I will make a way in the wilderness where there seems to be no way. I will cause springs to rise up in the dry desert places. I know how to get you to places where it doesn't even feel like you can get. I'm gonna get you through this. This is not the final scene. God's not finished with you yet. There was a man named Henry in the early 1900s who um, had this vision in his, in his mind, his heart, to be an inventor. Now, he was born in a poor family, and he thought, you know, God can't do much through our family. We're poor. We don't have much. So he got a regular job, and he was working his regular job. And he, and he moved into a small little house that had a small little shack behind the house where he kept his tools, and he kept this dream alive in his heart and his mind that he would be an inventor, that he would invent things that could help people that whatever he invented was gonna help people in some way, and he was really into travel. And so he took a bicycle and he started thinking, you know, how can I get people from places to places um, faster than a bicycle? And again, he was thinking of things that weren't even in the dictionary. He was imagining things that he hadn't even seen yet. He started to draw sketches of something with four wheels, what we know as a car. He called it a quadricycle because he didn't know what to call it. He built something with four wheels and an engine in this small little shack that wasn't even in the dictionary. We know it as cars and trucks. We're like, it's a car, it's a truck. But he didn't know that. You know what I feel in my spirit this weekend? That God's about to drop dreams and ideas in people's hearts that aren't even in the dictionary. Some of you have settled in Haran. You've settled, you've gone, well, God's finished with you know our country, he's finished with us, he's finished with our city. No, he's not. God's finished giving new ideas, new dreams. This is the old oil capital of the world. God's about to do something fresh in Tulsa, something new. God's about to do something fresh in someone who would grab hold of this message and say, God's not finished with me yet. God's not finished with my family. God's not finished with my dreams. God's not finished with my potential. God's not finished with the gifts and the talents that he's put on the inside of me. You might've written yourself out of God's story, but God's about to write you back into the story. You might be here today and say, Paul, I'm just here to honor my mom. I don't believe in any of this stuff. I'm just here because mom wants us here for Mother's Day. But I'm telling you this, God's so good. Even when you don't believe in him, he still believes in you. Even when you're finished with God, God's not finished with you. There's a reason you're here today. There's a reason you're watching online. There's a reason you have got this message. It's because God wants you to know he's not done with you yet. So Henry's building this thing and and he gets it working in this small little shack. The only problem was the thing he built was bigger than the door (laughs) of the shack. I'm going to preach this story to you this morning. Some of us have trapped ourselves in our own ability, our own capacity. We've said, "This this is all I can do. And what God's saying, it's time to bust down some walls that you've built up around your heart and around your mind to say, God can't heal you. God can't fix this. God can't deliver you. God can't do something new through you. It's time to bust down the walls. You know what Henry did? He busted down the walls of that shack and he drove that quadricycle, the first man to drive a car. And within 10 years, he built 10 million Model T Ford cars, went on to become a billionaire. He credited it to his relationship with God and believing that there's limitless opportunities, limitless potential for the man, for the woman who believes that God can do anything through a person. Can I tell you today, some of you have stopped and you feel stuck. You feel stuck in a habit. You feel stuck in a season in your marriage. You feel stuck in a season at your job and you feel like this is as good as it gets. And God's saying, no, no, this is not this is not it. I've got more for you. I've got victory over that habit. I've got victory for your marriage. I've got healing for your son. I'm not done with your kids yet. I'm not finished with your family yet. God's not done. David said this in Psalm 139, Lord, search me. O God. You see the beginning of believing that God's not finished. It starts in the heart. Everybody say it starts in the heart. So David said, Lord, my heart is your garden. Come and remove the weeds so that the right things can grow. Search me, O God. Examine every part of my heart and remove anything from me that's holding me back from you and lead me in the way everlasting. Everybody say, my heart is open. <laughs> Have you ever met someone whose heart was closed? Just closed off to you? It was like they had a big sticker on their head that just said a mean word like stay away. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Like, don't come any closer. I've been hurt by too many men. I've been hurt by too many women. I've been hurt by too many pastors. Just keep a distance. I don't want you to come close. Just people whose hearts are, and you're like, who hurt you? Who betrayed you? Who made you come across so cold towards people? You know, I I think about how um, in Tulsa, we're around all this construction that's going on on highways and different neighborhoods, and on most construction sites, it says, danger, construction area, keep out. Keep out. Unless you got a hard hat on, don't come any closer. And oftentimes, we are like this with God. We're saying, don't come any closer. I'm a mess, God. I'm a mess. Things are not right in my family. So I'll I'll put on my self-projected Instagram image when I come to church on Sunday. But don't come near my soul because it's dirty in there. It's dark. There's things messed up. I'd like to just keep it Instagram style. Let's just make it pretty out here. But God's not interested in saving your self-projected image. He's interested in saving your soul. And he's the only one that can fix the problems that are going on in your life. Alcohol can't fix it, drugs can't fix it, an affair can't fix it, pornography can't fix it, TV won't fix it, all the other pills and addictions, you, you could start to try. He's the only one that can come in with the hard hat and do the construction work that needs to be done in your life. This is why David said, Lord, restore my soul. Why, because David had walked through all kinds of sin. He'd walked through all kinds of adultery and murder and addictions and problems and his kids were hating him and he said, God, he said in Psalm 51, he said, creating me a pure heart, oh God. He said, I'm under construction. Come on in. Come on in, God. Come on in. You're the only one that can fix what's going on in my heart and mind. And I'm truly, I'm, I'm believing that you're not finished with my heart yet. Creating me a clean heart, oh God. Restore the joy of my salvation. Some of you have lost your spirit. You're here, but you're not here. How many of y'all ever saw the movies Back to the Future? Back to the Future. Marty McFly. Those are the good ones, right? The Avengers are trying to redo it with their own little going back in the time and stuff. You know, trying to fix things from the past to solve the things that are happening today. The premise of the movie is that every decision affects, every decision today affects what happens tomorrow. So you gotta go back in time to fix things so that way things will be different today. You're looking at something today and you're going, man, I... If I just would have spent more time with the kids, like if I just would have done that and we live in this shoulda, coulda, woulda shame mindset. And that's what the devil loves to do. He loves to whisper the shame. He wants to keep you in the shoulda. And if I was Marty McFly, if I could just get in that that car on that movie, what's it called? The DeLorean. If I could just go back in time with Christopher Lloyd, if I could just go back and fix what's going on. But God says, no, you can't change the past. The past is history, but you can change right here, right now. You can decide from this day forward, I'm gonna start doing what I know I need to do. I'm gonna open my heart for construction, for God to start working in me. Nothing changes until you change. You could change your house, you could change your spouse, you could change your hair, you could change your weight, you could change um, the state you live in, but if you don't change you, nothing gets better. And in order for you to change, you gotta say, Lord, my heart is open, my mind is ready to receive because God's not finished with me yet. This, this mindset requires humility. Three H words I wanna give you, humility, hunger, and hope. Humility, hunger, and hope. Everybody say humility. 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 is a mindset of, I've not arrived. I love how Paul the apostle said this. He says, I, I've not arrived. I haven't reached perfection. But one thing I'm doing is I'm forgetting what's behind me and I'm pressing on towards what's ahead. That's humility. He's saying, I'm not who I wanna be. I'm not who I used to be, but who I am today is not the permanent me. God's still working on attitudes in my life. God's still growing my patience. God's still working on the fruits of the Spirit. How many are thankful God's still working on that patience level in your life? The grace with people, the ability to love all your family members, the ability to forgive some people who've hurt you. The point is this, you've gotta allow him to keep working. It wasn't just a one-time thing. In the Bible, when someone got saved, The Bible actually says we are saved when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Then it says we're being saved as we keep our faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says, walk out your your salvation with fear and trembling. Then it says we will be saved. What what Paul is trying to say, what Jesus was trying to say is salvation is not just a one-time thing. You have your spiritual birthday where you remember, "I, I let Jesus be Lord of my life. That was the beginning. That's where Paul says, yeah, he began that good work but he's going to continue it through the rest of your life. If you'll allow him, it's called sanctification. It, It starts on the day you let Jesus be Lord of your life, but it doesn't stop. It continues. As long as you keep a humble spirit to say, Lord, keep working in me. I believe you're not finished with me yet. God wants to continue the sanctification in your heart. He wants to continue. So it requires humility. It requires hunger, Hunger. How many of are hungry for some food today? You're looking forward to going eating um, on Mother's Day somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I get excited when I haven't eaten all day, when I've been, you know, fasting, breakfast, lunch. I'm excited for dinner. I'm excited to eat a good meal. But some of us have lost our hunger for God. We've lost our hunger for God to work in us. And so we're just coasting. We're just kind of sitting there. We're like Abram's father. We just have settled. This is it. I've tasted and seen that God is okay. So I'm gonna sit back and relax. No, 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 God's saying lean in, lean in. Like you're sitting at a Mexican restaurant and there's chips and queso right in front of you and salsa, lean in. Just get that bowl right in front of you. Lean in, come on. Get a little bit more queso on there. People are like, don't double dip. No, this is my queso bowl. I can double dip. (laughs) God wants you to get your hunger back. I'm a, I'm a movie guy. So I always, I always see what God's speaking to me spiritually anytime I'm watching a movie. And I was watching um, the latest uh, Creed movie, um, Rocky. You know how Rocky, you know, Creed. Um, so there's this moment in the movie where he gets his hunger back, uh, especially in the Rocky movies, like where, where he feels like he's defeated, he's discouraged, it's over, it's down. But then all of a sudden something changes and he gets that eye of the tiger back. Come on, we got some Eye of the Tiger music in here. Yeah, yeah. Some of you need to get this back, right here. You need to start working out again. You need to start getting hungry again. God's not finished with me yet. He's not finished with my health yet. He's not finished with my marriage yet. He's not finished with my ministry yet. He's not finished with my family yet. Come on, some of y'all need to get the eye of the tiger back in your life. All right, you cut the music. Anyone who's new to Vix right now is like, is this how it normally is? You're like, yeah, he does crazy illustrations. You never know what's gonna happen. (laughs) I'm under construction. I'm under construction. Somebody say, I'm under construction. I want to be the kind of Christian that's always under construction. I never want to reach a place where I'm like, I've arrived, I can stay this way the rest of my No, 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 as long as there's breath in my lungs, I want to have an under construction sign around my life saying I'm a work in progress. I'm not who I was, and who I am is not who I'm always going to be. I'm getting better. I'm getting better as a preacher, as a daddy, as a husband, as a man of God. I never want to stop growing because the second you stop growing is the second you limit what God can do in your life. Just because you graduated college doesn't mean you graduated spiritual growth. Just because you graduated high school or graduated something in your life. Some of us have stopped growing. We've stopped the hunger. We've lost the eye of the tiger. We've lost that zeal to say, God, keep working in me. I don't wanna settle in this addiction. I don't wanna settle with these bad habits. I don't wanna settle cussing in front of people, my kids. I don't know what you're doing right now that you're not proud of. But I'm telling you today, you don't have to carry another ounce of shame or guilt. You can choose to repent and say, Lord, I'm under construction. Keep working on me. Keep, keep developing the areas in my life. God's not mad at you. He's not mad at you when you sin. In fact, he's the one that's like, come on, let, let me come in. Let me come in. Let me bring some healing. Because there's something beneath the surface of all of this outward behavior. There's something deep. There's a hole in your soul that needs to be healed that nothing else can heal. No, no, no alcohol can do it. No, no addiction can do it. No person can do it. Only God can do it. Everybody said God's not finished. So you got to get humble. You got to get hungry and you got to get hopeful. You got to get hopeful. This is where God was challenging me when I was um, settling into this depression that I was carrying after my father passed. God was saying, Paul, wake up. You have settled into a mindset about your church, about your family, about your future. That is not my will for you. Have you ever met someone who's just lost hope and you're kind of you're like, man, how how do I recharge your hope? Or maybe you're that person where you feel like hopeless about a situation. You feel like "I, I don't think that could ever happen. I don't think that will ever happen. It's time today to bust down the walls around your heart and your mind and to believe again that God's not finished. I want the keys to come up. Would you go to 2 Kings chapter three? 2 Kings chapter three. I'm almost done, but I wanna wanna end this sermon on on this idea of having the hope that God's not finished with your story yet. In 2 Kings chapter three, the kings of Israel and Judah had come together And there was three kings that were all together and they were leading God's people. And what happened was the enemy armies had surrounded them on every side, cut off all their supply, all their provision, no water was getting in. And so God's people, they were dying of thirst. And in verse 10, the king of Israel said, we're done for. The Lord has put us three together at the mercy of the king of Moab. In other words, God allowed us to get here as the consequences of our sin. Sometimes God's mercy is so good that he'll let you experience the consequences of your sin so that you'll look up and realize he's the only one that can pull you out of that hole that you've gotten yourself into. And that's good. Because if he just lets you keep going, sometimes you end up even more self-destructing. God wasn't finished with them. He just wanted them to realize, look up. God's the only one that can get you through this. And so King Jehoshaphat said, is there a prophet here? through whom we can consult God. Is there anyone who could tell us what what God's will is for us? And an officer said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, he's here with Elijah's assistant. God is always willing to speak to you if you are willing to seek him. Some of you say, man, God doesn't talk to me. God hasn't spoken to me in years. No, no, no. You just stopped seeking him. You gotta lean in again. You gotta get hungry again. As you lean in, as you draw close, the Bible says, draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. Draw near. So they draw closer. They find Elisha. Elisha comes out to them in verse 13. He says, why should I help you? They had all turned their backs on God. They had all gotten into sin, all kinds of immorality. He says, go and consult those false prophets that your mom and dad consulted. No, the king replied. It's God who has put us here together. It's God who's brought us to this place of the consequences of our own sin. We need to hear from God. And watch what Elisha says next. He says, all right, I swear by the living God that I would have nothing to do with you if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat. I'm helping you because someone that's connected to you. God's about to deliver some of you in this room because you got a praying mom that just won't give up on you. You've got a grandma that's been on her knees every day on your behalf. And God says, listen, listen. You're connected to someone that loves you so much, you don't even realize it. They've been praying for you, and on this Mother's Day, they were just hoping that you would lean in. God's not finished with you yet, sir. He's not finished with you. Even though you you feel like you're finished with God, you feel like you're finished with yourself, with your life, God says, I'm not done with you. And then Elisha says, Get me a musician. I love that. Music always makes sermons sound better. Give me, come on, Mark DeLuca back there. As the musician began to play, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. And Elisha prophesied. This is a prophetic word for you today. He said, This is what God says dig ditches all over this city, dig ditches all over this dry stream bed. Why would you dig ditches when you're in a desert and there's no water? What is it for? Elisha said, by this time tomorrow, these ditches are going to be filled with water. You're going to want to get tanks and barrels and buckets because God's about to bring all the water you need. Remember, they were dying of thirst. So water for them equaled life. Water for them equaled vitality. Water for them gave them the strength to fight back against their enemies. Elisha said, not only is God going to give you water, he's going to give you victory over all the enemies that are trying to take you out, that are trying to take your marriage out, trying to take your family out, trying to take your son out, trying to take your daughter out, trying to take your dad out, trying to take your brother out. God's about to give you victory over all the enemies of fear, of shame, of suicidal thoughts, of discouragement, over all the enemies that have been staring you down by this time tomorrow. But he said, you got to dig the ditches. Everybody say, dig ditches. In other words, he was saying, you got to prepare. Some of us are so focused on wanting God to do it all for us or wanting to fix the people who are making us mad. And God says, don't worry about them. You focus on your ditches. You start digging. Get your heart open. Get your mind ready to receive. Get your life back on track for God. Get back into a place of humility. You get back into a place of hunger. Get back into a place of hope. Let me take care of her. Let me take care of him. If you'll focus on you, watch what God will do in them. Watch what God will do in your situation. Dig the ditches. And Elisha said this. He said this he said um, the next morning watch this he says oh no in verse 18 he said this is an easy thing for god this is an easy thing for god i was reading recently about this baseball player who um, his mother had gotten very sick very ill and she had to go into a nursing home she was living on the old family farm about 200 acres and she was gonna have to sell it because no one else would take care of it And the baseball player said you know i'll I'll go to the bank and get a loan and I'll buy it so that way you don't have to sell it. I'll I'll own it and we'll pay it off, whatever we got to do. So he did it, but he was thinking, I don't live out there. I can't live on that land. I'm I'm playing baseball. I'm I'm in the city. So he didn't know what he was going to do with that land. Well, somebody said, you should send someone out to just go and test the ground, test the soil, test the rock that's out there. And he did. And they found two billion dollars worth of the nicest stone that people use in houses on countertop they didn't even know it. it was sitting in the land the whole time that man is a billionaire now and that was a little thing he didn't even think about it. he was just doing what he could do to help the family keep the farm and it was right there along i'm thinking that some of you right now you're sitting on on things you don't even realize that are in your life that god's about to produce wealth in your life god's about to produce victory in your life you're sitting on the answer and you don't even know it it's right there. And it's an easy thing for God to do. It won't even take, while you go to rest, God will go to work. While you trust in God, you do your part, watch what God will do. You get your heart back in line with God. God's not finished with your story yet. He's not finished with your family yet. And it says that next day on verse 20, that next day, the water filled the ditches. Everything they needed. They had victory on every side. They experienced victory that day over their enemies. Whatever you're facing right now. I heard this story about this man who had a donkey and He he had worked this donkey for so long, he was thinking, this donkey's done. He has no more life left in him. So he took the donkey. He didn't have the the guts to, to shoot the donkey. So he said, I'm gonna put the donkey in a hole and I'm just gonna bury him alive. He had a big hole on his land. So he lowered the donkey into the hole and he began to shovel dirt on top of the donkey. Now the donkey started thinking, hey, I still got life left in me. I still got breath in my lungs. I still have a purpose. Come on, donkeys talk. The Bible talks about it if God used a donkey in the Bible, he's still using donkeys today. Come on, somebody. Uh, (laughs) The donkey's sitting there and dirt's piling on top of him. I'm not done. He's done with me, but I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not finished. So what the donkey started doing is every time a pile of dirt landed on his head, he would shake it off and step on top of it. And the man kept shoveling the dirt, throwing it on top of the donkey. The donkey would shake it off. I'm not finished. And step on top of it. Kept putting it on top of him. Some of you guys have had some dirt thrown on top of you. And what you need to do is shake it off and step on top of it. Words that people have said, little lies the devil's whispered in your heart, little things that have happened in your life. You feel like you're being buried. But God says, shake the that crud off and step on top of it. God's not finished with you. God's not finished with your life. God's not finished with your future. That donkey ended up coming all the way to the top and running out of there. Listen, what I wanna tell you today is God's not done with your story. I wanna show you one last clip, and this is a famous clip from a football game where Stanford was playing California, and Stanford thought they had won the game. They had scored a field goal. All they had to do was kick it off. There was three seconds left. They were ahead. California would catch it. Stan- Stanford would tackle them in those three seconds. The game would be over. Stanford was so convinced that they had won the game that they sent their marching band out on the field. But I want you to see what happened. Check this out. Harmon will probably try to squib it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline, another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. They tried to do a couple of... The ball is still loose as they get it to Rogers. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. All oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to be into the end yeah. Come on. You're like, what? I love that he jumped on the band guy at the end. They thought it was over. They thought they had won. I just imagine when when Jesus died on the cross and he was buried in the tomb, I just imagine the devil thinking, it's over. He's got his marching band coming out there. We beat Jesus. Blowing his trumpets, dancing. And I just imagine Jesus just tapping him on the shoulder. Get your marching band off my field. The game's not over. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. Some of you... You need to tap the devil on the shoulder and say, get your marching band off my field. I'm still here. God's not finished with my family. God's not finished with my future. God's not finished with my health. I know the doctor said that report, but God's not finished with me yet. Come on, stand up on your feet this morning. God's not done. He's not done. I want to do something right now. I want to pray for every person in this room that's battling discouragement, that's battling fear. You're battling these lies of the enemy that are whispering, it's all over. The enemy's trying to walk his marching band on your field. He's trying to tell you that it's all over. This is how it's going to end. This is as good as it gets. And God's saying, no, don't settle here. Don't stop in this land. I've got more for you. The victory is still going to happen. There's time still on the scoreboard. It's not over yet. The game is not over yet. The season is not over yet. Even those of you that have walked through the pain of divorce, you've walked through the pain of losing your child, losing a family member, you think that this is that, that you're stuck in this grief, you're stuck in this season of, of just depression and sadness. God's saying, no, 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 you're going to get through this. There's joy on the other side of this. I'm not finished with you yet. I still have a purpose for you. Don't write yourself off. The enemy is just trying to kick you while you're down, but you're going to get past this. In Jesus' name, he's not finished with you yet, victory. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here right now, and this message is resonating with your spirit, you know... There's situations you're looking at, things you're looking at, and the enemy's trying to get you to accept defeat. But today you're grabbing hold of this word and you're saying, no, no, God's not finished yet. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand today. You're saying, I need to get my spirit back. I need to get my passion back. I need to get that faith back that God's not finished yet. He's still working for me. He's still working on my behalf for his glory. He's still causing all things to come together for good. Yeah, yes, sir, yes, yes. Is there anyone else? You're saying, that's me. I'm facing a situation right now. And I've been overcome with discouragement, with fear, with worry, with stress, with shame, with guilt. Today, it's time to get your eyes back on God. He's not done with you. Just like Peter thought that he had missed it. He denied Jesus three times. But when Jesus rose from the grave, he said, Peter, I'll meet you in Galilee. You might think that you've messed up too bad for God to use you, but God used Peter to go on to lead one of the greatest revivals after he had failed Jesus three times. God's not done with you. You're not disqualified. He sees you. He hears you. He loves you. Secondly, you're here today and you say, Paul, I'm not right with God. If I was to die today, I don't know where I would spend eternity. I want to let Jesus be Lord of my life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Today's your day to confess Jesus is Lord. Maybe you started that good work. Maybe you began, but you've drifted. And today you're saying, I'm coming back home. I'm coming back to get things right with God. If that's you, lift your hand. All right, if you lifted your hand or you should have lifted your hand or you wanted to, I dare you to step out of your seat. Make a bold decision today to dig some ditches, to say God's not finished with me yet. I'm taking a step of faith to say from this day forward, I'm leaning in. I'm gonna let construction happen in my heart, in my life, in my attitude, in my thoughts, in the habits, in the lifestyle that I'm in. Lord, you're not finished with me yet in my situation. Come on, if you need healing today, if you need victory today, if you need restoration in your family today, maybe you're coming down to stand for your son, to stand for your daughter, to stand for your father, to stand for your mother. In the last few services, I've met many different people at the altar that said, Paul, I'm believing God that my mom's gonna get back in church. I'm believing God that my son's gonna get back right with God. In fact, last night, this was so beautiful. Last night, a son came with his family He had been far from God, and at the end of the service, he came down to the altar, he was was my age, and he said, I'm ready to get right with God. I'm ready to surrender to God's plan for my life. His parents were crying. They said, we've been waiting on this, believing for this for so long. Some of you have been believing to get pregnant. You've been believing to have children. There was a couple in our church, they were waiting for seven years, had done everything. Doctors said it would never happen. It'd have to be a creative miracle. In the last two years, God did a miracle. They had their first child. They now are uh, believing God for more children. God can do it. Whatever it is you're looking at that seems hopeless, impossible, God's not finished yet. He's not finished yet. Don't write him off yet. Get your hope back in the Lord. The enemy's trying to say, don't get your hopes up. But God's saying, no, get your hope back up in the Lord. God's not finished yet. Across the street, we look at the university, Oral Roberts University. You see the praying hands. And regardless of what you think about the history of the story of how it all began, what's so amazing is Oral in his teenage years was battling tuberculosis. He was going to die, but he said, God, I believe you're not finished with me yet. He had a dream in his heart to build a university. Took 25 years before that dream was ever even brought before a bank or a board. All through his 20s, his 30s, he couldn't shake the dream. He believed God had a healing message for the city of Tulsa, for the state of Oklahoma. He believed that God was not finished with our state, not finished with the church, that God was still revealing himself. Then he got into his mid-40s. He still had that dream for a university. And he thought, well, I'm in my mid-40s. I don't I don't know if I should start on this dream now. I'm I'm, I'm doing the crusade, the conferences I'm doing, but God said, no, it's time to start on that dream. It wasn't until he was 50 that he started to see the very beginning of that dream start to take the pass. It was in his 70s that he began to really see it grow and expand, and today we look across that street. It's a debt-free university. God's continuing to build that university. God's continuing to use that university to touch so many people's lives. Some of you right now, you have a dream in your heart and God's saying, you're not too old to start on that dream. God's got dreams for you. He's got new things he wants to do in you and through you. He's not finished with you yet. He's not finished revealing himself to you. He's still reforming you. He's still working on you. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. My heart is open. Come in. Work on me. Make me more like you. My mind is ready to receive your word, your vision, your purpose for my life. Because you're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with my story, with my family, with my dreams, with my calling. So, Lord, I repent and I receive your forgiveness, I receive your grace. I thank you, God, that you love me, that you are for me, and that my future is bright. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Love on someone on your way out today. Encourage somebody that God's not finished with them yet.